I love that hymn. And isn't this a really good week to sing it on this Sunday before Thanksgiving? For all that is our life, we sing our thanks and praise. For all life is a gift that we are called to use to build the common good and make our own days glad. Even with its trouble, these days I am being struck by what a generous world it is that we get to live in. That how, whether I'm feeling happy or sad, the sun rises every morning. The sky is still there overhead, keeping watch as are the stars. The earth is still there under our feet, as are the trees and the birds and these human companions. As Frederick Beekner wrote, if you're paying attention, even a limited life can open onto extraordinary vistas. Taking your children to school and kissing your spouse goodbye, eating lunch with a friend, trying to do a decent day's work, hearing the rain patter against the window. He says there is no event so commonplace, but that spirit is present within it. And so isn't Thanksgiving a lovely and needed invitation? to look up and look around and appreciate the goodness that is all around us. These simple gifts that it can be so easy to miss or to take for granted. I need this reminder and I imagine you might too, to slow down, to wake up to the wonder of this moment and this day, to seek and see the holy in the common and everyday places that we inhabit, to see that even with its pain and with its brokenness, it is still a beautiful world. Last Sunday, Tori quoted Richard Rohr, a Franciscan friar whose deep spirituality has made him a popular and widely respected teacher. And I found myself this week thinking about some other words of his that are resonating with me these days. And I hope they might resonate with you too. Richard Rohr writes, I believe in mystery and multiplicity. My very belief and experience of a loving and endlessly creative God has led me to trust in both. I've had the good fortune of teaching and preaching across much of the globe while also struggling to make sense of my experience in my own tiny world. This life journey has led me to love mystery and not feel the need to change it or make it unmysterious. This has put me at odds with many other believers I know who seem to need explanations for everything. 
He also writes, when I was young, I couldn't tolerate such ambiguity. My education had trained me to have a lust for answers and explanations. Now at age 63, it's quite different. I no longer believe this is a quid pro quo universe. I've counseled too many prisoners, worked with too many failed marriages, faced my own dilemmas too many times, and been loved gratuitously after too many failures. Do you know what he's talking about? We live in this culture that is hyper-focused on work and achievement that tells us we can have it all and that people who are better off, they are those who have worked harder and are more virtuous, that they are somehow more deserving, they've earned it. But Richard Rohr pushes back clearly against this so-called prosperity gospel. He says, I no longer believe this is a quid pro quo universe because he has seen so much redemption and reconciliation. So many times when he and others received more than they expected and more than they felt that they deserved. At this time of year, when the days are shorter and colder, when most of the leaves have fallen down to the ground and the branches are bare against the November sky, they're like fingers, that's what my grandmother used to say. She said, I love seeing those fingers go up against the sky this time of year. At this time of year, I feel a quietness descending on our land and also on my heart. I feel this invitation to slow down and look around and also look inside. I found myself the other day remembering a book on my shelf called The Earth is Enough. And that's how I feel these days, that this good earth is enough. is more than enough. And isn't this a good week to remember this, to count our blessings and acknowledge, yes, all these gifts, they are enough, maybe even more than enough. A few minutes, we sang, a few minutes ago, we sang that song, Return Again, Return Again, Return to the Home of Your Soul. And I'm feeling that invitation these days. And I wonder about you. Do you know how to do this? Do you know that we each have a home there that is always there that is waiting for us to return? To trust that it is a generous world, that it's good to take time to cherish it and enjoy it, to slow down and to breathe in the presence of that generous spirit of life and love. And I wonder if you're getting enough of this time at home in yourself, time at home with your soul, 
time at home on this beautiful earth. The good news is you can find this almost anywhere. It may help to have some quiet. It certainly helps me. And a place where you feel at peace, but with practice, you can access the home of your soul anywhere and anytime. And when you do, it opens you up to this kind of spacious and expansive faith that I sense people are hungry for these days. It makes me sad that so many people still equate religion with certainty and with answers. That being faithful means you've already got it all figured out. Do you know what I mean? The spiritual leaders that I am drawn to and that I want to learn from are people like Richard Rohr, whose life experience and faith experience has made him more open to ambiguity and mystery, not less open. I want to be around mystics and poets, people who are interested in asking questions and inviting wonder, wanting to open up a conversation rather than rushing to find the right answer. And I'm grateful that this is our orientation here in this church and in our wider UU tradition, that we're open to multiple ways of perceiving and understanding. These days, I'm loving being part of several different groups here, groups in which we listen deeply to one another and we spend time in silence together and we're open to the spirit moving in our midst and the wisdom that arises when our hearts are open. And we have a number of those kind of groups here. And I love the generosity of spirit that exists in these gatherings. And in this community, the ways that you give of yourself and help others and in the doing find food for your souls. I was touched last Sunday when several of you came up and lit candles of gratitude for people who had reached out to you when you were suffering. And how much those simple expressions, those phone calls and cards had meant. And I hope you all see that this is something that you, that we are really good at here at caring for one another. It's one of the real talents of this congregation. You know, our culture is one that tends to say and promote this idea of look out for number one. Take care of your own needs first and let others fend for themselves of this hyper-individualism, right? But is that how we are made? No. This week I spent some time online at the Global Joy Summit, which came out of a meeting several years ago between Archbishop Desmond Tutu and the Dalai Lama when they got together to talk about finding joy in our troubled and suffering world. 
One thing they kept returning to in their conversation, it's been made into a documentary film, which I recommend you check out. One thing they kept returning to is that we are made for each other and that being compassionate is central to who we are as human beings. Archbishop Tutu said, I've sometimes joked that God doesn't know very much math because when you give to others, it should be that you're subtracting from yourself. But in this incredible kind of way, he says, I've certainly found this to be the case so many times. You gave, and it seems, in fact, you are making space for more to be given to you. You gave and you opened up a space where more could be given to you. It's not a quid pro quo universe. It's not a transactional world at its, at its heart or in its nature. Yeah, that's a part of what we do on this earth. But it's not who we're meant to be or where we're meant to live most of the time. The invitation is to see that we actually get more than we earn and more than we probably think we deserve. We are here for a time, we don't know how long, on this generous earth. We are here to receive and to enjoy these gifts and to care for one another. And we are invited each day to be open to wonder and mystery, to cherish and celebrate the interconnectedness of life. As my mom would see, to see it, as my mom would say, to see it all as gift. Truly, we live with mysteries too marvelous to be understood, Mary Oliver wrote. How grass can be nourishing in the mouths of the lambs. How rivers and stones are forever in allegiance with gravity while we ourselves dream of rising. How two hands touch and the bonds will never be broken. How people come from delight or the scars of damage to the comfort of a poem. Let me keep my distance always from those who think they have the answers. Let me keep company always with those who say, look, and laugh in astonishment, and bow their heads. You already are these people, but let us be people who say, look, and laugh in astonishment and bow our heads. My spiritual companions, let us be open these days to the mystery and the multiplicity that is all around us. May we have the grace to see that this life is not one so much to be achieved as to be received that we are here to sing our songs of thanks and praise for the beauty of this earth, 
for the joy of human care, for the marvelous complexity of creation, for the wonder of these days. Source of all to thee we raise, this our hymn of grateful praise. Happy Thanksgiving when it comes. Safe travels to those of you who are traveling, and amen.